On this episode of The Pour Over, Joe and Dill chop it up over coffee grafting, Joe's new coffee gear, and organizational reckonings. Keep it here, y'all. Let's pour it all over. Hey, friends. Welcome to The Pour Over Podcast, hosted by myself, Dill. And Joe. Each week, we bring you our thoughts on TV shows, movies, and more. But most importantly, we chit-chat about the very thing so many of us depend on each morning, coffee. Today, uh, Joe's going to be brewing with a mellow drip in the kitchen, and we're going to catch up on what's been going on past couple weeks and what we've been pouring over before before we get into all that let's just catch up what's up man hey bro nothing much nothing much just chilling what about you how's it going it was same same i'm i'm very interested in this mellow drip uh you can brew yes. it live on instagram yeah yeah i'll try it out i uh even kind of made my process a little bit more scientific so oh okay we're, we're gonna see how this works Science is very trendy nowadays. Science so. is uh is popular now. <laughs> All the nerds are cool. That's right. So All right, we'll I'm going to flip myself around, yeah. So, well, what's been going on with you? Uh not too much. Um unfortunately, my my coffee brewing recently has just been just been okay. Um so I I am still roasting my own coffee, and I think I'm starting to do what was called baking the coffee, which is very baking not the preferred. Coffee. Yeah, basically, well, I actually don't really understand all, all the things that are happening with it. But, um, yeah, yeah my, my understanding of coffee roasting, which is very, very minimal, like, you know, <laughs> like, I, like, if you just do a quick Google search, you know, we'd be on the same level. Um <laughs> But basically what what I've been told is, you know, there's like different phases and like you initially you're like drying phase where you're just roasting yeah. the coffee or you're like you're, you're making it go from green to yellow to eventually roasted. Um, and that part, you want that to be shorter. And then once it hits that first crack is called the development. And mm-hmm. so that's when the flavors all come in and stuff. And you want that to be longer or it depend, depends on what you're going for. Right. And then I, I've been experimenting mm. with, like, different um, levels of heat. So, like, you know, higher in okay, the beginning, right. lower in the development phase. So you can extend that longer. Um, but then if you lower it too much, what can happen is that it will bake the coffee and that, like, the temperature is not rising enough anymore. Huh. And then the flavor will just taste really bad. Uh, basically, the flavors will not develop in that way. Yeah. Um, you can imagine, you know, like, if you're cooking something... And it's not hot enough, right? You're trying to, like, sear the steak or something like that. But, like, right. it's just not hot enough. And it just right. won't do what you're trying to do. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's been happening to me recently, um, which, you know, is just casualty of roasting, I guess. Living, you learn. But, yeah, the coffee has not been tasting good. It tastes really just, like, empty, really hollow. Mm. Um, yeah, not quite watery, but, like, similar in that, like, the flavor is just not there. So yeah. Yeah, so I'm I learning, gotcha. um, but then at the same time, like, cheap, you know? So, like, I drink it anyways. Like, I'm not about to throw it away. Um, ah. But, like, it just doesn't taste good. Right. Um, That's interesting. It, yeah, it is a lot. I mean, it is a lot. Cook, lot uh, la, 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 whoa. It is a lot like cooking. You know, last week we talked about coffee's food. So, mm, you know, right. it's, it's all about uh, developing those flavors, you know, and mm-hmm. different cooking methods which i'm sure like you're saying a lot like coffee require like you know certain methods to develop you know certain good flavors so yep. that's uh that's interesting 
Yeah, it just got yeah. me thinking, like, there's so many variables now, like, you know, because we're we already talking about when you're brewing by itself, you already got so many different things to consider. Right, now, right. Like, I'm trying to make it even more difficult with with the roasting. I mean, it's mm-hmm. all fun. Like, I enjoy it still, so it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're on the expert like, mode. It's like, on what, like, what variable is causing me the issues now? It's mm-hmm. like, I'm just adding more and more, and so, yeah. so it's harder. Well, it's amazing. It kind of reminds me about the, you know, the whole coffee process from bean to your cup, you know, and that's like right. with the roasting, that's that's a whole step that people don't have to consider, you know, like you, when you when you buy a bag of beans, there are so many different uh, processes that that bean mm-hmm. has gone through to get to your cup. And it's just like amazing, uh, amazingly difficult, I guess. And just the fact that we get to enjoy coffee every day is like kind of a miracle. It's kind yeah. of awesome. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. I um <clears throat> been thinking about just like how many like how many coffee beans that a producer has to produce basically to make mm-hmm. like one bag for us is is like a lot cuz right. each, you know, coffee fruit, coffee cherry or whatever is just like one yeah. bean in there. And, and they get sorted out too. so many. Yeah, and yeah, like, they sort it. Beans get tossed so, out so much. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, speaking of the variables, you know, uh, I know you 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 got a new tool to maybe do, help with I that do, a little I bit. Do. So yeah, let let us know what, what's been going on. Oops, sorry. Yeah, do a little show and tell, I guess. This is the metal drip hey. uh, for the listeners. I'm showing it on Instagram Live. Very cool. Quick plug: you guys should follow us on Instagram so you can see all this stuff. But it's so cool. It oh, almost knocked Ooh. over my Chemex. It kind of looks like a, a dentist tool. It's got like the same <laughs> like. Same like aesthetic, but on the yeah. on the end you got that water diffuser. So yeah, really interesting. Kind of kind of um, looks like bubble wrap in some ways. It kind of um, does. The, 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 there's this actually has holes in it, but yes, right. on video it looks like a little small disc that's bubble right. wrap on the end of like a long metal stick. Right, and I don't know if you can actually see this. Y'all obviously can't see this because y'all just hear this. There's a MD. I never noticed the MD for metal drip that's on oh, the other I, side. I cannot see it. it is really, it on, really subtle. On every single little bubble wrap bubble, or no, no. It's just kind of a, a just MD kind of. It's it's big. It's kind of printed okay. on there. Nice. So, just a little branding. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let, let us know. Like, yeah, how's it been? The update. Now you've been using the metal drip for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm a I'm gonna show you guys uh, on the show, uh, but it's so far it's been going pretty good. Mm. Um, I I've been getting very different types, um, very different brews. Um, just kind of every cup tastes a little bit different because I'm trying different things. And when I first got it, I thought it tasted pretty good. Um, but it was like kind of that phenomena that we were talking about before, where it's like. Sometimes that first cup is like, whoa, this is pretty good. And then, like, when you when you try it over and over again, you can't really replicate that same thing. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe I was lucky the first time, or maybe, really, I wasn't doing it right. So, I'm going to try and do it pretty, pretty much correct this time. I even kind of pseudo-scientifically measured out 18 grams of coffee, even though I never do that. Pseudo-scientifically. What, what's that even yes, mean? Yes. Like, like, you... I don't yeah what's that even mean <laughs> <laughs> well I, I google searched what does 18 grams feel like in the hand and then oh I, wow no, I'm just kidding I didn't do that <laughs> okay <laughs> I'd be like you, you're trying real hard to not buy the scale right, <laughs> right. now 
No, um, I actually looked up because, you know, something that you might have that is standard because they all come like this is an AeroPress scoop. Mm, So I looked up how much is 18 grams according to an AeroPress scoop. Mm. And actually, in my very cursory Google search, it is a heaping AeroPress scoop is 18 grams. (laughs) So I essentially just just took a really big scoop and made sure there was plenty of beans above mm. like the the, the uh, kind of surface line sure. of that error sure. scoop. Yeah, I think as long as you are consistent yourself, because again, the the roast levels and all that stuff do affect the weight. Uh, yeah. At the same time, if it's consistent for yourself and what you're using, then you can adjust otherwise. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be perfect. I guess if you don't have the tools, it's probably best for you to just you know, take notes, journal, mm-hmm. make sure that you're adjusting to your own kind of variables that you're setting. Yeah. Okay. So I, I have the beans pre-dosed out and I'm going to put nice. them in the grinder. So you guys are going right. to hear that today. A little, little ASMR, you know. And uh, I'm on the Bratzel Encore and I'm grinding at 21 this time. I tried 22 before. Oh, man. So I'm doing 21. 22 I felt was a little bit under extracted. So I'm going to go to 21. Uh, that's wild to me because uh, today I ground on ten. So. Whoa! <laughs> uh, but we we talked about it. We we are pretty sure our, our grinders are calibrated differently. Um, also, mine is much older, so the burrs could be kind of worn or, or something like that. I don't know, but yeah, big differences. That's why it's, it's all about the taste. End of the day, you know, like we we talking about like measuring all the stuff, all, you know, trying to get the numbers. But really, it's like how how's the cup taste? And then what can you do with your own equipment to make it taste better, you know? Right. So, I feel that. Yeah. Uh, I, I was fine. I mean, I started with the 20 because that's what came with the um, the Encore's little instruction manual. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if actually when they changed the aesthetics of the new model that they changed some of the settings too. Uh, I don't. Could do you be. have that that old manual that came with uh, it? No, nah, nah, not at all. So I, I don't even actually know how old my grinder is because it's oh. from uh, it's my old roommate's encore actually. Oh, nice! So shout out to Ansel, but um, I inherited some of his coffee equipment. Um, so right. yeah, the the grinder predates me, so I I, I don't know. Cool, cool. So I'm just wetting the filter first. Nice. So you you haven't been using the Kalita with the Mellow, or is that like too much? Like it's like double, um, um, yeah, double restriction. restriction, yeah, double, double on the immersion time, I guess. Yeah, because um, the metal drip, I think, is really more made for the har, uh, the Hario V sixty, which I don't mm. have. But the closest thing I have is a Chemex. Yeah, so. I mean, it's pretty similar in that way. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. pour up my hot water here. Yeah, maybe for listeners. I mean, well, I'm I'm gonna use a mellow drip, so I don't know what it's like. But I would imagine, you know, on the Kalita wave, if you're familiar, it has restrictive flow, like the three holes on the bottom. It's like similar, but you're restricting it above the coffee grounds. So when the water is coming down, versus after it's already gone through, I think it's a similar idea. I mean, it's a little different. There's more than three holes in the mellow drip, I think. So. Yeah, the the mellow drip um, is just to diffuse the water before it hits the the coffee, and from what I'm reading in the 
um, kind of instruction manuals that come with it. Uh, the, the the big thing is to decrease agitation with beans. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, because if you pour, well, one, it's just people are inconsistent, right? So um, the biggest inconsistent thing you can control are the variables like we're talking about, but then it's going to be the pour um, that can change right. it up. So if you pour really fast, pour really slow, it just changes the extraction. So that I mean, it makes sense. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll see how it how it does. So in my super scientific uh, manner, because I did yes. eighteen ounce uh, eighteen grams, it, it's supposed to be three hundred uh, milliliters of water, right? Mm-hmm. So so I have my uh, Kalita Karaf here, and it has a three hundred uh, sorry three hundred milliliters of water, so it has a three hundred mark on there. So I'm gonna just oh yeah, I'm gonna just pour my water into the carafe to to get to that that volume. Okay, okay. This is some uh, this is some real cheap coffee making right here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it works. I want, it works, I hope. Uh, what, what have you been drinking lately? Yeah, so my... Um, I got two recent roasts. Um, one is from Mexico, and um, it is, it's... Well, again, most of my recent roasts have been baked, so they don't, like, taste that good. But... Um, yeah, I, I roasted a, a bean from Mexico, and I got one from Ethiopia um, as well. Nice. And Yeah, and I, I still have that one uh, Sumatra that's been aged for like four years or something. Um, I th- oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to try to roast that next. I, I'm holding off just because, you know, I took a break from roasting just because during uh, Christmas, like we said, we I, I got a bunch of gifts of beans, mm-hmm. so I... Just recently got back into roasting, and I was like, gotcha. oh, I need to get the method back down, you know, get used to it again before right. roasting this special bean, which, yeah, I, I don't know if it'll taste that great, but I actually let a friend borrow it. I may have mentioned it, or borrow I, I gave him some. Yeah. And he roasted it, and he said it was very interesting. Um, mm. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'll probably do that on my next batch. Okay. And, probably stop messing with the heat at least as much so to reduce the risk of uh, baking it just because right i probably won't have these kinds of beans again in terms of like (laughs) aged beans yeah 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 uh so you haven't tried it yet no i haven't i've just been holding on to it so we'll have to see next time yeah be very interesting all right, so I'm about to, so I just bloomed the coffee. I'm about to put the stir stick in. And what they recommend with the metal drip, it comes with this stir stick. You want to stick it in after the water's all gone down, and you want to hmm. distribute the grounds around the uh, the paper. Interesting. So uh, uh, I'm not sure what this is going to do, but it's what they told me to do. Mm, sure. Try it out, and then you can adjust as necessary, whatever you think is best. All right, here goes the metal drip. All right, all right, drip, drip. It's like a little shower, shower head for the coffee bed, you know. Um, don't don't want to turn on the water pressure too high, um, you know, because that's uncomfortable. So you know, a nice a nice water pressure so that it's not too much. Yeah, and they want you to do uh, five or six uh, pulses. Okay. So I'm going in for my second one now. And so do you move the mellow drip around also yeah. while you're pouring? Oh, wow. Yes, yeah. 
there's like two hand operation here one with the kettle one with the mellow drip both moving around the coffee right requires you, coordination you want to make sure that the mellow drip stays very very close to the surface of the water mm. and you also want to and that's to decrease agitation and then you also want to um yeah like you're saying uh pour your water in a circular motion on the metal drip and then move the metal drip around the uh the filter uh, so you're kind yeah. of getting all of that was that hard to get used to like having to move both hands around and like different tools and stuff i think that's actually the easier i mean i think that's okay. not the easy part it's kind of a it's kind of a meditative in a way i think mm. Oh, shoot. I think I only did four. So maybe I used too much water each time. It's all right. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Let's all see. depends on how it tastes. Right. And the, the there's a thing at the end, and I think this is optional, but what you can do is you can use the uh, metal drip as a diffuser as you pour the oh, coffee right. through the metal drip into your cup. So hmm. um, we'll try that, too. So it's still going. It's taking a while. Um, process is, I think, a little bit longer than how usually how it usually goes for me. So yeah, today I, I'm brewing on the the um, Chemex, obviously, and I got a bag of beans from Kavu Coffee, which is uh, kind of a small coffee shop near me, and they do roast beans. Although I think, I think, I think they just kind of roast them. I don't know where they roast them actually. Because uh, the aesthetic I get from their shop is that they're more of a coffee shop and less of a coffee roaster. But um, they do have beans, and usually when I'm on a pinch and I want some uh, some coffee beans, not from Kroger or Starbucks mm. or whatever, I usually go to them. Nice. Okay. Shout out. Yeah, so this is a Rwanda. And that's about it. I think I'm going gonna, gonna to pour it in, and then we'll get the show on the road. Yeah. All right, in my very pseudo-scientifically manufactured coffee here, see how it tastes. Nice. Tastes like coffee. Oh, okay, Mm, good, good. I got the first part, right? Step one. It is coffee. Good. It's it's good. Um, I don't know. I don't know if this tastes a lot different from how how it is normally for me. Oh, really? Yeah. I think there's a little bit more sweetness that might be kind of like uh, mental, but yeah, no, I think there's a little bit more sweetness. It's kind of hitting me a little bit more like the, the, the aftertaste kind of has a sweet aroma, sweet, like lingering mm-hmm. flavor. Um, good, good extraction. Actually, I can't really say for sure what flavors are there. I want to say kind of like a caramelly, syrupy flavor like to go along with the sweetness mm-hmm. but it tastes well extracted i guess okay and and i guess that's what i mean by it tastes good like a good cup of coffee yeah yeah kind of well-rounded not necessarily like overly bitter sour you know but mm-hmm. in like the sweet spot right yeah so it's good i'll have to i'll have to try there are two recipes that the melodrip comes with mm. i'll have to try the other one too but it's it's pretty good and and it's fun it was fun to to try something new, and well, I've been doing it for 
a week a week or so now, but um I think it adds like another another layer to your coffee brewing experience. And mm. uh if there's anything that I think it absolutely does do is it really reduces that agitation. Because when the yeah. shower head is hit, you know, when, when the way that works is like with your um with your gooseneck kettle, usually you're 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 pushing the water down to the bottom of that uh that like brewing receptacle. So mm. with the shower head it the water just kind of like stays on the surface and then it kind of slowly goes through, you know, the beans to get to get to your the, the bottom of the craft or whatever. So yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It it's good. Yeah. So is this like is this part of your daily routine now or I'm just wondering how much like friction, like additional friction it adds to your coffee brewing routine because you know, like while we could add a bunch of different gear, a bunch of different things, um, if it's not practical in terms of like, ah, oh, it's just too much effort to use, I think it, it won't be incorporated, right? And so I'm curious. Yeah. Like, it seems like it's not too much, but I'm just from from your actual experience, you know, is this something that you would use every day or like special occasions, you know? I think it's something that if you're serious about uh, this idea of like, um, I don't know. I feel like the metal drip is is trying to create uh this this culture of coffee where things are slower, like slowed down. It's called mellow drip. So it's like I kind of like mm. a different approach to coffee. Um I mean it's just like pour over like times 10, you know, like the idea that you know pour over takes long to begin with. You know, it's not like having a coffee machine or something like that. But I think if you're all in on that idea that you're trying to perfect that cup. Um, I think you got to do it every day. You know, it's like something that I think you have to incorporate into your coffee brewing uh, aesthetic. But I guess the ultimate question is like payoff. Like how much is it actually going to affect how your cup tastes? Um, I think if you're doing it right, I think it, it's going to taste pretty good. Uh, I think if you're doing it wrong and you ha- and you have a tendency to not play by the rules and mm. try like, you know, I think there's some benefit to that too, though, because I think that's what kind of makes coffee fun is you're just trying new things. Nice. Yeah, well, you know, you got to keep using it, see how it goes. And the test is in the long term, you know, like a month from now, are you still using it? Mm-hmm. And seeing if you feel like it's still worth it at that point, so... Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's what I've been working with lately, the mellow drip. And I guess I would recommend it. Uh, it's about $35 that comes with the stir stick and the mellow drip, uh, and the recipe. So, um, you know, I, I think if you've kind of gotten to the point in your pour over, kind of brewing um experience that you want to try something new mm-hmm. and you're not looking at another piece of gear like uh like um like a new kettle or a new um pour over uh filter device i will look into the mellow drip it might mm. spice up your coffee life a little bit yeah that's that's the attention man you know i've been thinking like the, this coffee game is never over because there's always something to buy always something new to try like um, accessories and stuff because I, I feel like I've I've hit a point where like I'm I'm good and that I don't need any like large purchases 
Um, mm-hmm. But then there's always like the small things, you know, like even for my nanofoamer, which I use to make the, the, the milk for my lattes and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I, I recently bought like rechargeable batteries for it. It's just like small things, but it's just, oh, yeah. like there's always something to buy, you know, always something to get um, big or small, you know, then the yeah. accessories kind of come along. I'm like, I just want to chill, not spend my money. I mean, obviously, it's my <laughs> choice if I'm spending it or not, you know, so I'm just complaining. But, yeah, um, yeah, it feels that way in that, like, oh, yeah, there's always something to get get, get the cup a little bit better. Um, sometimes it's worth it, I would say. Some, not not always. So it just kind of depends. It does feel that way because there was that um, new coffee brewer that I shared with you that's kind of like a mocha pot called the Orb. And it's like a stovetop mocha pot. But it kind of looks like a roaster, like you commented about oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like my hive roaster mm-hmm. slash a mocha pot, basically. Right. So, yeah, that's just another example that, well, I guess Kickstarter just has a thing with coffee gear. But also, yeah, mm. the game never ends. It's just like, yeah. you know, people keep coming out with new stuff. Yeah, be careful with that Kickstarter, man. There's always something <laughs> on there. Not even just coffee, but in general. You find whatever you want on there. Right, yeah. Yeah, and and it sounds real good. Yeah. Well, speaking of um, kind of coffee innovations, and I, I haven't really looked into the history of this, but have you heard of something called coffee grafting? So uh, before you mentioned it to me, I hadn't, although I've heard of the general idea of like grafting plants and stuff together like mm-hmm. generally and so like the, the idea isn't brand new to mm-hmm. me but i didn't know that they did it in coffee which it kind of makes sense uh, i've never I guess like, you, uh-huh. go ahead. i've never really heard of it in the how did you hear about it with plants oh i biology i don't know oh, okay. <laughs> maybe you're, yeah. you're like a bio major i, I was not yeah so. that's true yeah it, it, it maybe i should have no idea because <laughs> i'm not really someone that does gardening or does any plant stuff like at all yeah uh, but when you shared with me, like, you know, so, so basically, you know, I don't know if you want to introduce grafting because oh. I mean, you, you looked into it a little bit more just so people okay. have an idea. Yeah, I mean, uh, essentially what I found with coffee grafting, which is just the same thing with any kind of plant, is that you take different parts of a plant and you basically connect them together mechanically. And then what that ends up producing is a stronger plant. Uh, So in the example of coffee grafting, what they do, the uh, farmers, is they take the root of a very robust coffee plant. Uh, I think usually it's the, is it the, is it called the Liberica? Um, I can't remember, but we can watch in these videos and we'll link it down in the show notes. But they take a very hardy root system. Uh, and then they pair it with a very hardy uh, kind of fruiting system where, where the fruiting bodies, so basically the, the top half of the coffee plant. And they take these two separate plants, these parts of it, and then they basically cut, um, inc- they make incisions on both of those parts of the stem, and then they just put them together, and then they put tape around it. So what ends up happening is that the plants don't really reject one another, and they just kind of begin to grow together. Which is amazing because, like, as, like, mammals, we don't have that capability. You know, like, um, you can't just take another mammal's, and this sounds really weird now, but, like, take another (laughs) mammal's body part, put it on yours, and then it, like, it, like, grafts together. But plants can do that. 
which is I mean, just in crazy. some ways like it's it's the same idea as like organ donation or something though mm. in, in my mind in that um you you know pe- people do different trans like heart transplants or different things like that um where you you try to connect it up and see if if it works i'm sure mm-hmm. it's very different in how it's like actually working but on a very high level it feels like that except um i guess with plants is a little more simple and that it's just like two parts root system and then like what mm-hmm. is above the ground yeah um so yeah it's very interesting like it's so i mean i, I would recommend listeners to watch the videos that we'll link but mm-hmm. it's literally they they just like cut and then put them together and like tape them together yeah and then they will just grow and to me it's crazy that it actually works yeah you know, like that's that's it like it, obviously i'm sure it's very difficult it, they make it look easier than it is but mm-hmm. like in theory it's actually pretty simple like you just can yeah. literally connect the roots of some plant to like the top part with the leaves and stuff mm-hmm. with another plant and then the roots will they, they would just become one plant at that point mm-hmm. um, which i think is pretty wild yeah yeah so you know i don't want to keep explaining it because all the information is out there but it's amazing that they can do it at different life stages like they could yeah. do it a- as a very young kind of sprout like they could do that and and um you know connect a root system to uh a, a more mature root system to a younger uh, kind of top top cutting of a plant. And then they can do it when the plant's older, like when the plant ha- has very developed roots and, and is, has already started producing fruits. They can start to take um, the plant that has fruits, which may had originally roots that were rotting due to pests, and, and graft that onto a healthy root system. So, yeah, it's just crazy. and I, And I think... I think you're right. Like really it's, it's, it's something that, that, that we've, we've done in, in medical technology and, you know, it's something that is achievable as far as organ donating goes. But I think it's just cause it's just like so abstracted this idea that like you're literally just taking the top part of this plant and the bottom part of this plant and just like mm-hmm. putting it together. So it just, it's such kind of like a clear cut, no pun intended example of like how grafting works. So anyhow, it's, it's, it's just amazing, I think. And, and this is yeah. all part of the coffee journey. Yeah, it's very interesting. And ultimately, it makes a more resistant plant, which can just be more consistent. And I mean, it costs more on the front end, but mm-hmm. I think I guess it's better for the producers later on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's cool. Like, I don't know who had the idea to be like, hey, let's cut this plant in half and this yeah. one in half and put them together. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like that's just... Um, I, I would not have thought about that. But then again, who who would have thought of like crushing up these coffee bean seed things and then mm-hmm. putting water through them? I don't know. Right. So it's just interesting, like human ingenuity, you know, creativity and stuff. Yeah. I'm guessing it's, I'm guessing it's not a new technology because it, it doesn't mm-hmm. really use, um, you know, the, the kinds of things that would be required for the kind of technolo- technological advances we have today. You know, it's something very, very simple, very kind of, um, very rudimentary the way that you can just do this and mm-hmm. um the ones that i'm looking up right now uh, just doing a little research oftentimes we talk about uh coffee arabica or the arabica bean and that's a very common one that we we drink um but apparently their root system is is more fragile than the other uh coffee species so the robusta mm-hmm. robusta yeah yeah 
and uh, Liberica. Yeah, that's the other one yeah. that has a has a very kind of um, strong root system. And okay. kind of the interesting thing about this that I was thinking is there's kind of a social justice kind of like edge to this because um, oftentimes when you when you are low on resources, uh, you can't you can't have a plant undergo this process because it is it is costly you know you 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 end up growing you know all these plants and you have to kind of uh cut them up and you end up maybe with half of your crop you know because you're trying to create a more um resilient plant um but wealthier farmers or farmers that may um either have more wealth or have had to team up with other farmers to create a co-op um they're able to do this grafting um but if if you just don't have the resources you can't compete when everyone else is is creating like these super plants you know um yeah i think i'd be interested to know like how common this is like in in just the coffee producing world you know is this like a very niche thing that only some people are doing or is mm-hmm. it actually more common than we think um i think that that'd be interesting to know about um and i mean makes sense in any field any industry people are trying to innovate and figure out how they can make either higher quality products or even just like whatever resources they have make the most of them so like Mm -hmm. you know if someone farmer is always having their plants die on them for whatever you know disease or other things they're going to try to figure out what they can do about that right um so yeah it makes sense yeah i'd be interested to know yeah how common it is you know um can we even know that? Uh, I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. yeah, it seems like while it doesn't directly impact maybe us as consumers in that like we're still just buying coffee, mm-hmm. um, but I'm sure it has an impact in terms of like cost, availability, you know, right. all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I think the world we don't think about. Yeah, the totally the world that we don't think about. And then when you start thinking about it, I think you're asking the right questions because uh, I'm looking at a article on coffee and climate dot org and they talk about grafting uh arabica scions to a robusta rootstock which are just those two different parts of the plant and they're saying this is an under-researched and poorly understood area this this uh, Mm -hmm. concept of grafting um and that there may actually be um there there may actually be a cost effectiveness proposal for doing this because um because it is cheap, but you do have to be very skilled when you're when you're engaging in in, in grafting. So yeah. you know they're saying I that in higher risk maybe, but there is a reward yeah. to it. Right, exactly. So yeah. Anyhow, I just want to kind of bring that up. It's, it's it is really interesting. Yeah, part of me like at some point in my life wants to just like have a coffee plant. Although I know you like you generally people don't <laughs> grow coffee in North America. Um, mm-hmm. but just to have one would be very interesting just to, just to see it. Uh, cause I, I've read and seen people sharing that they have coffee plants like in, in America, like in the States. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they'll actually get some coffee fruit and stuff on it. Um, mm. so yeah, like not that I would think it would taste that great or anything. Um, obviously there are regions that produce coffee for a reason. Yeah. Um, but Right. Yeah. Just to again get more and more exposed to just the whole process, the whole life cycle, uh, from you know seed to cup. I think is 
I mean, that's why we're here, right? That's mm-hmm. why we, we're talking about all this stuff. We get into the weeds, get into the details. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. All right. Cool, cool. Well, uh, we're going to jump to our next segment of the show, the pour over, when we talk about something other than coffee. So we usually just kind of talk about what shows or what movies or what books we've been pouring over this week, what we've been kind of obsessing over lately. And if we really enjoy it, we might even give it the pour over boy stamp of approval. So, Dill, what's been your pour over this week? Yeah, I, I thought about this. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I wasn't going to bring this one up. So I actually had this oh. in the notes last time. Okay. Um, and I think I mentioned to you off the show and that, like, one of my favorite podcasts, which was also just one of the most popular podcasts, um, it's called Reply All. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of about the Internet generally like as vague as that is is probably one of the best descriptors of what it's about it's just about so many different yeah. things it's just very interesting internet culture and uh, yeah and and recently they they were doing a series on bon appetit like the mm. the food magazine basically mm. and basically how they they had a huge reckoning um in, in terms of um it's like toxic work culture, all that kind of wow. stuff. Like a lot, lots been right. going on. Um, I haven't yep. really been following it, that. but I've just kind of heard about it. And they they had a series, um, just exploring that, right? And then um, they re- they released uh, two episodes, and it, it just is very ironic in that it, it turns out that the exact same thing that they were reporting on that was happening at Bon Appetit was happening at the Reply All or or Gimlet is the studio, mm-hmm. like at their own company. Mm-hmm. And so now, like, it just opened this huge thing where one of the longtime hosts of of the show, Reply All, stepped away. Um, and it actually had two people step away from the show. And, like, mm. it's just this huge thing. And so, like, I was going to mention it last time because I just really liked the first episode of their series. And then yeah. I was looking it up and I was like, oh, you know, this kind of turned into this whole other thing in that the show is having its own reckoning. And so it's right. just very um oh yeah yeah pretty much and so i in terms of like what i'm pouring over i mean that's part of it like i'm listening to those but also reading about what's going on at gimlet and and just in general i think is worth looking into if that's something that interests people but just to be more aware like yeah i think that people are trying to figure out how to go about um, you know, work and life and all these things in better ways, things mm-hmm. that are actually fair, more equitable sure. to different people, and um, maybe how easy it is to be blind to some of those things. Yeah. You know, why are we surprised, though? You know, I feel like a lot of these, with the Bon Appetit stuff, it's very specific that they were, um, they were, they were not paying their um, non-white staff equally that was like the big thing right is like especially sola right she's kind of the big uh example of this and Mm. i guess i say why are we not surprised because i'm guessing reply all is is either pretty male dominated or pretty white dominated as a space kind of it is ironic the person reporting on it um is a south asian woman Oh, um, and she was complicit in in it as well. Mm, so okay, well you know and she Asians. and then one of the hosts is the people that stepped away. Like again, not not trying to get too too much into it for people that aren't like that interested. But like there, there's a union for the employees at Gimlet now. But like the yeah. team at Reply All was against that union. Basically, it was one of the big Whoa, things. That is and, big. And then like former employees there, like once 
the show once the series was coming out they they were like yo hold up this is exactly what's happening at this company you know um, that is insane yeah that's so, like some inception like racism inception type stuff yeah pretty much <laughs> um and yeah so i you know if it's the pouring over thing it's one of those you can get really deep into it yeah. just because it's like the show that I, I like a lot in terms of podcasts and then it's like, oh, all these things going on behind the scenes. Mm. Um, so I guess for me, I wasn't going to bring it up because I just like I was surprised by all this at first. But I'm mm. like, you know, this one is appropriate to for the pouring over section since I have yeah. been uh, at yeah. the same time. It's like if there's anyone that's also into reply all or like Bon Appetit or any of those things, um, it's just what's going on right now. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, on a semi-related note, uh, have you heard of the crime scene, the vanishing at the Cecil Hotel? Nah, what's that? Okay, so this is like a Netflix thing, and it's like total. Actually, it's not on on another. It is totally on another note because this is like lowbrow, like TV, mm. like uh, basically it's like a murder mystery, and okay. um, it is about a, a a woman by the name of Elisa Lamb, and she. Um, was at this hotel and she disappeared and the whole show is about what happened to her and um basically how all these internet sleuths were kind of uh, taking on the the uh the job of trying to figure out what happened to her and um basically that's what happened in real life and then what happened on the show was they spent three to uh, I can't remember there's five episodes or four, but they spent three to four episodes following the ideas of these internet sleuths and turning it into a series, a TV series that's watchable. Right. And at the same time, this uh, kid's parents who spoiler alert, I mean, she's never, she's, she's found and then she's not, she's, she's dead. Mm -hmm. But, um, I'm confusing you. Anyways, what's interesting is they spent all this time following the kind of like far out ideas of these internet sleuths, made a show about it, and the parents only got one episode and not even a Mm. full episode. But Mm. I just think about like who gets the spotlight on these things, what makes money, what do people want to watch? Like they're not like people are not interested in mourning with this family that their child who has mental health issues who um mental health needs excuse me just like you know things that she's dealing with um and 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 she she's gone tragedy tragedy uh and and she's asian so she's asian and it's like Mm -hmm. it's just amazing like I, i feel like you know, obviously the show is what it is. I mean, it's not supposed to be like this, um, this, this, this kind of, um, this deep dive into kind of the, the, the cultural and kind of, um, I don't know, mental health kind of, um, kind of, uh, dynamics of, of an immigrant mm-hmm. family culture. But, um, I just feel like it was kind of exploited, this story. Uh, that we spent mm. so much time just following these weird ideas. And then at the very end, it's like, oh, yeah, this is what happened. And, and like, I was thinking that at the very beginning, like, oh, this is what's going to happen. Like, this is, what, this is mm. what happened to her. And then we spent three more episodes just getting into 
uh, basically mostly uh, white folks who were coming up with all these different ideas about her and, uh, and and kind of buying into and being obsessed with this like savior complex where it's like, we are going to find her. We are going to save her. Like, this is what happened to her. And like, you know, we have to seek justice for this person. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, she like, she had like depression, anxiety, um, you know, her immigrant uh, families from Canada, not from America is like wrestling with this idea. Anyways, I'm gonna get off my soapbox, but. Ah, it's just, so th- this is, this is your critique of the show not something that they are like self-aware about to be like oh uh because the show gave a lot of airtime to these internet sleuths and not to the yeah. family and that as you as a viewer you are making that criticism that is my critique but i i did binge watch the whole show one night so i mm-hmm. I, I so they got you still they got but me. yeah yeah okay interesting <laughs> so g- given all those things is is this like I recommend or what, uh, what, what's what, what what is i i would say watch it for the cultural phenomenon that it is mm. but um but also um pass on it if you're just as frustrated with as as as, as, as i as i am now so mm. i don't know um it's it's just trash tv um, okay so i don't recommend it I take that back. Uh, I don't recommend uh, it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> oh, man. And I was going to talk about another show, but I know, I know we're running low on time, but it's it's yeah. just, it's interesting. I mean, now that we're not on this Westworld thing, you know, we could be anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this, this episode right here is a representation of that and that We've gone all over the place. Yeah. Talking about like random you. coffee stuff. Talking about like all, all these other things. Yeah. Um. But you know, for for anyone that's actually listening or watching, you know, this is just what it is. I mean, <laughs> you're probably not surprised. I would hope or assume. And, you we know, need you HBO bring Joe back, talking about bring back Westworld quick. Like we need some stability <laughs> in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> is, is is Westworld uh, stable though? I don't know. It's oh, kinda, yeah. That's also all over the place. That's also that's also a trip. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, let's let's uh, let's forget all that smoke. Um, hmm. Now it's time for our weekly segment. Something that kind of gets us thinking about what's making us happy this week. What's giving us those good vibes? So, Dill, you know what is making you happy this week? What is what is putting a smile on your face? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think in, in general. Um, the the whole situation we've been in for past year and a little bit with the pandemic and stuff, I feel like the end is is nearing in in mm. some ways. You know, I think mm-hmm. that there's a lot of good news around it. Um, obviously, you know, ups and downs, little bumps, but in general, I feel like the big picture is that we are the the end is near. Um, yeah. At least is more visible versus what it's been like in the past. You know, mm. you know, I heard like I think vaccinations are up to like two million a day almost or something like oh, that. Oh wow, and, I didn't hear that. Um, like, That's amazing. Close, I think. Um, I think I heard someone say like, oh, for every one person that is um, infected by it, there's like thirty people getting vaccinated or something like that. Wow. You know? So just it will just take time, but if to me feels like there's a lot more positivity around it. Um, and, and things are, you know, taking a turn for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we still, it's not over yet, but I think we're much closer to the end than we were. 
So I think in general that that's good. Sure. Uh, yeah. For for everybody, I think. Um, I feel so, you on that. Yeah. So that's that's some good stuff. So what, yeah. what about you, man? What's making you happy? Yeah, you know, I, I really I really feel you on that because I actually got my second dose um, hey. last Wednesday. So uh, now that we are recording, well, uh, at the time that we're recording, excuse me, uh, I, I think I'm 95% immune. Is, is that how All it right. works? I mean. Um, sure. I don't know. I'm no, I'm, I'm no doctor. <laughs> is it like I'm, I'm 100% immune, but I, I represent 95% of the people who received the dose? No, I think you're like 95% effective against it. And that like, I mean, it's still obviously possible that you could be infected, but very unlikely. Mm. And even if you do, it's probably not severe, not really possible that it would affect you and that you'd be super sick from it. Right. So, yeah, yeah that's great, man. Congrats on that. And Thank you. Uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, most most of the rest, rest of the country and then eventually the rest of the world. I mean, that's that's like going to be a whole other thing, though, in terms of like seeing the end. It's definitely like an America-centric kind of, kind of point of view, but um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, thank you but, for sobering sobering this conversation up. Yeah, America's definitely definitely in a different place than say Burundi. So man, yeah, so messed so, up I, again. T- taking time, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad you know th- things are rolling, th- things are going, um, and I think. We are in the positive trajectory again, mm-hmm. and I think that's all, all we can really ask for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, good. Yeah, I'm getting double confirmation here that I'm 95% protected from the virus. That's that's cool. Oh, okay. That's good news, good news. Chat room confirmation up in here. Yeah. Appreciate that. That's how you know it's legit. <laughs> yeah. Nice, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, good chatting with you, dude. Yeah, and we'll we'll be back on it uh, in the next sometime. You know, like we said, this is just every whenever <laughs> we feel like it. <laughs> We've been good. We 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 did the two week thing, so like we're we're now at uh, the second true. week. So we are recording today. We are on schedule. That's true. That's true. But yeah, it was good talking. We were kind of all over the place, but I think it's it's good. Um, I, I I enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, I'll talk to you next time. All right. Peace. Uh, this was Pour Over Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at pourover underscore show to stay up to date with the Pour Over gang. Our artwork is by Daniel Liu. Find him on Instagram at Here Comes Daniel. Music is by Joshua Yin. You can listen to his other tracks on soundcloud.com slash kidmajestic, one word. Thanks for joining us. Take care. See ya.